Weekly. Weekly. So <laughs> if you're listening to this, you may have noticed uh, a third voice saying weekly with yeah, us. Third weekly. Uh, yeah, that's right. So we are very excited to have our first ever guest on the weekly show. So we said to ourselves, who do we want to get? We need to have somebody who's going to um, really embody what this sort of haphazard mistake riddled <laughs> show is going to be. And the best way to do that was to bring in somebody whose show is the exact opposite of mistake riddled, mm -hmm. you know, foolishness. So we got uh, from the Gaming Outsider podcast, Scott Lindsay. Can I say your last name? I uh, sure. Well, Lindsay is actually my middle name, believe it or not. Uh, my oh, last oh. name is Clark. Scott Clark. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Nice. We've learned. Well, something. thanks for having me, guys, <laughs> and thanks for the kind words. That that means a lot. I, yes, I am from the Gaming Outsider. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are a we are a weekly podcast, and we uh, we we just we talk about video games. We're a bunch of nerds, and we get together. And we started this whole thing about two years ago, and because we got fed up with listening to podcasts and reading reviews on websites, and everybody just being so cynical and focusing on negativity, and we wanted to kind of create a, a positive environment and create a community where people got along and respected each other's opinions and didn't uh, tell everybody that they were wrong for liking certain games and and all that. So uh, we put that together, and it's been, uh, like I said, two years strong, and uh, we're we're having a really good good time. So awesome, awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really glad to have you here. Mark turned me on to your show a couple of months ago, and the thing that jumped out right away was the fact that uh, even when you have differing opinions, I've never heard anybody on your show say, no, you're wrong, you know, mm -hmm. or you're, well, maybe Robbie, but it's never been, <laughs> it's never been like a, oh, that's your opinion? Well, your opinion is bullshit. This is what you should actually think. Right. Um, I love that. You guys are very accepting because you all have such a wide range of things that you like. You have very similar things, but then there's, you know, hard left, hard right for, for games and, and genres that you love, sports. And it's the fact that you guys not only um, present, like, your, your your core group as, you know, we are accepting, we, it's not just, what am I trying to say here? It's not just like you guys are okay with each other because you're friends, you understand it. Any guest that comes on, whether or not they agree or disagree, it's you instantly welcome them, especially on the Facebook group. Um, it's always like good, open discussions. And the big, like you mentioned, how you were tired of hearing cynical um, reviews and podcasts, and that that that's, that rings true with me so strongly, because mm -hmm. it seems like every time I put on a new show, somebody's shitting on something for no, just for the sake of shitting on something. Mm -hmm. I actually like stopped listening to to some podcasts because I got tired of hearing things like. Oh, well, this game is broken. And, you know, that phrase is great on me. And don't get me wrong. There's no, there's a difference between being critical of something. You can be critical about something and not just, like, being entirely negative. I feel like in media, in any kind of media, whether it be movies, TV shows, video games, books, anything, it's become popular just to be so negative. And, and uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like to drop names, but, like, this, you know Jim Sterling? Are you familiar with Jim Sterling? Mm -hmm. Uh, like I have stopped his, listening to his things. His whole <laughs> shtick is just to be as angry and vulgar and just crapping on everything. He's got an, a recent video that made me so angry. I, I actually refused to watch it, so I haven't heard his points. But he's basically saying that it's okay to pirate Nintendo games because they're because they're they're nickel and diming you for everything else. So it's it's <laughs> it, it, you're you're ethically okay to. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And granted, I haven't watched the video, but I. <laughs> I didn't watch it for that exact purpose because I just don't want it. And I don't want to be popular because we're being nasty or being so over the top. I want us to be popular because 
because we got a good community and because we look at things critically and positively at the same time. So that's kind of what we've gone for. Yeah, you guys. I like that uh, you mentioned community because that Facebook group that you guys have, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so jealous of that Facebook group. Um, we, we, we have a, like a little Discord there. that we have. And I think Uh-oh. the reason the Discord even came about was be- – am I dropping out? Can you guys hear no, me? No, okay? you're good from my end. I hear you okay. too. And um, the reason I think we have that Discord is because of the Gaming Outsider uh, Facebook group. I love that Facebook group. I'm so jealous of it. That, I'm that, sorry. There's so many people that is communicate like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, just, Discord's anyway. an app. Discord, not not Discord as. Yeah, in... no, sorry. Yeah, Discord sounds bad. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. oh. <laughs> we have a lot of Discord on our on our group. No, no, no. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's an app. That's a good point. Yeah, no, that's it's just a an poor, app. Poor name for a community. Uh... I've never been told right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't talk to a lot just... of teachers, so nobody else really points that out. Yeah, I know words and stuff. <laughs> it just acts as a Facebook group essentially, and people you give the uh, the server to somebody, somebody can log in, and they have it now. Um, gotcha. But your Facebook group, man, jealous, jealous. Yeah, we got a lot of good people over there. Some people that have been listening to us since the beginning. We're getting new members all the time, and we try to make a point of, of introducing every new member on the show each week just to kind of make them feel a part of it. Because that was a big thing for me when I listened to podcasts. Every, when I started listening like seven years ago, I was like, man, I just want to be on a show so bad or be a guest. Or, you know, I would write in, and when I hear my name read on an email, I got super excited. And I said, I want to give that to people. So that's kind of why we, we, we bring in guests every week. We try to get somebody new that's never been on just to give them that experience. Even if they're not podcast season, they don't have a whole lot of experience. Just let them come on and talk about games. They like to talk about games. And that's kind of how we market too. You get that's people awesome. on and then they post on their Facebook group or, or on their Facebook wall and Twitter. And that's how we get the word out. So it's been, it's been working great. Yeah. Oh, also, I, I would be my, uh, my buddy Aaron would be very angry with me also if I didn't mention we, we've got another podcast called the Hollywood Outsider Podcast. I don't know if you guys have checked that out. Yes. Um, that's actually what started this whole podcast adventure for me as we got together and um, started talking about movies and TV entertainment and we do reviews and we have a topic and trivia segments. And um, if you like movies and, uh, and we're a little bit more irreverent on that show. <laughs> so um, uh, we're a little, little bit more boisterous, a little less professional. And I mean that in a good way, not in a bad way, but um, I'm sure it's fun that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's totally fun. And we've, and we've been doing that for over five years now and the close oh. to six Wow. And uh, it, we've we've had a lot of really cool opportunities, lots of lots of great interviews. Aaron got to interview Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, we got to talk to Kevin Pollack. Um, we recently interviewed Tammy Stronach, who played the childlike empress on The Neverending Story. It's <laughs> it's it's given us some really awesome opportunities, and uh, and I, I just I really appreciate it. So, yeah, if you like movies and TV, be sure to check that out because it's it's uh it's it's a lot of fun. We're something like 280 episodes or something like that in. So holy jeez, wow. <laughs> that sounds That's amazing. <laughs> That's a legacy now. I'm gonna go through and find that Keeper Sutherland episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was more like a conference call. It wasn't like a one on one interview. And apparently, the first time they did it, he was he was hammered. Uh, <laughs> And so they had to do it a second time, and and it, it wasn't as exciting as it sounds. But the but the Kevin Pollock one was really good, and there's there's lots of fun interviews in there that we got to talk to people. So that is very so cool. cool. Hmm? Well, we are very happy to have you on here, uh, despite the fact that two weeks in a row, Mark has said he's jealous of your uh, Facebook community. We also have uh, a great community <laughs> of people who uh, we do are very active on more <laughs> more so on Twitter and on the forums, and uh, this is a great opportunity for them to get sort of a glimpse of what the gaming outsider might have to offer. So if you are listening, please check them out. It's uh 
it's a really good show. They're they're really unbiased in their opinions, mostly. Um, Scott's Except for Zelda. Biased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's great. Yeah. So uh, definitely check that out. So we're going to oh, roll into news. Sure. All so, right. Let's see. What do we got for news this week? I'm going to kick it off. Yeah, go ahead. What do you got for us, Mark? Uh, the PS4 4.5 update came out this week. So this allows people to now connect external hard drives to the PS4. I don't know why this wasn't at the start, but yeah, you can now connect an external hard drive and they now have boost mode. So if you have a pro, you can tap into your pro power, I guess you would say, uh, for games that didn't previously support the pro. So yeah, I don't know. I, I heard it's good. I heard for the most part, you actually see an improvement. So yeah, big update for PS4. So do, do the do you games have... have to have boost mode capability, or is it just it'll boost nope. any game? What does it yeah, do? It'll does boost. It, does it give it blast Sometimes processes? Sometimes it helps. Yeah, it essentially <laughs> blast processes everything. Sometimes it helps. I heard sometimes it doesn't help. But <laughs> when I when I hear this, I think of those. Uh, remember those like Blu-ray players that would like upscale DVDs so that they weren't oh, quite yeah. they weren't quite Blu-ray level of quality, but they were getting they got a little bit closer. That's what I kind of get the impression this is. But again, I haven't experienced that. I don't own a PS4 Pro, um, par- partially because I don't have a, a, a 4K TV, so I didn't really see the point at this point. Um, especially since um, I, I mostly play on Xbox anyway, and I just you know another 300 bucks for a, for a console. But um, the, the hard drive support, I think, is what's huge. Yeah. Like like you said, Mark, I don't understand why that wasn't available at the beginning. That was a huge selling point for for Xbox. Oh, for um, sure. For sure. I, I've got a two terabyte plugged into my Xbox One, and it's fantastic. It's just it's so nice to have that space. You, it, it's amazing to say that that 500 gigs of space eats up so quick, but it really does. And basically, yeah. quadrupling that space is is very nice. And uh, I'm I'm happy for PS4 owners to get to do that now. Me too, yeah, especially definitely. with this generation where you have to install every game. The fact that it didn't come included, it is kind of shocking, really, when you think about it. Um, but I guess better late than never, I guess. <laughs> I but you still what... can't change your username, right? Right. Oh, that's coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's coming. That's, that's what that. they keep saying. It's yeah. coming. It's coming. You've got blast processing now in all your old games, but you can't change your username. <laughs> yeah, no. That's such easy money. It blows me away that people are willing to play, pay money to change their username. Like Xbox, you can do it for like 10 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, that's money. Just do it. Just let them do it. Yeah, ten bucks. Here you go. People are gonna pay for it. uh, I don't know what could possibly prevent that. Like, I don't either. It's not a. I don't know. I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't be able to. Because I'm sure your trophies aren't tied to your username. They're tied to your account. Right. Like. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I can even. I can change my name on Facebook. Why can't I? And I mean that requires like seven pictures of or seven forms of ID and a blood sample. (laughs) Speaking of. Speaking of achievements, what's your uh, number up to, uh, Scott? I know you have a pretty high achievement number. Um, on Xbox, I'm just over 135,000, I believe. I, Holy crap. I, I'd have to look it up for sure. I don't have the exact number, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of an achievement point whore. I, <laughs> this whole thing started years and years ago. My buddy and I, who's not a friend anymore, we don't really speak anymore, we decided to have a competition to see who could get the most achievement points. And it got ugly. It got ugly to the point of I'm looking online, looking for games that had easy achievement points. And and then we were hiding each other's game lists from each other online so we couldn't see what games we had. That's and it just hilarious. became a thing. And it and it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And, and next thing I know, I'm I'm I, every time I play an Xbox game, I'm going to uh, the websites looking to see how difficult it is and what easy ways to get through to get all the achievements. And it's a and now you're not friends anymore. 
Yeah, exactly. I don't talk to the guy anymore. He turned out to be kind of a douche. So <laughs> that it was all worth it in the end. Then crazy. Yeah. We have a guy, uh, Liam. I know Donovan Viper in our in our group. He also likes achievements. I'm curious what his number's at. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's gonna be up there because I know he did a lot of the same stuff. He would go and look for short, quick games that would give him fast achievements. Um, yep, he loves them. There's it's a just... game on Xbox 360 called Avatar, like the Avatar. last Airbender. Yeah. I heard that about like it. you can get all a thousand achievement points in literally 20 seconds. It's an, wow. it's insane. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. One hundred and forty-four thousand. Oh, you oh, checked. <laughs> Live updates. So apparently, I'm in the Jehovah Witness realm of my achievement points. One hundred forty-four. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, right, no achievement points yeah. for being on this show. <laughs> All right, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> That's awesome. Wanna get in- uh, Zelda news there, or do you want to talk about Nier first? Let's talk about let's Nier do, first. Let's do Nier so- first, yeah, because I imagine the Zelda news is going to be probably quick. Yeah. Just kidding. So Nier Automata is out. Nier Automata is out. It's reviewing great. It's completely overshadowed by Zelda. Some people are upset about it. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> it's So Nier, it's very important that if this is a game that you're interested in, you buy this game now. Well, it's still at full value. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous, but the two big PlayStation 4 releases right now are Horizon and Nier. Horizon is going to do well no matter what. They will make more of those games. But Nier is a game that they took a chance on. That's a game that they went out and said, okay, you know what, we'll try this. The first Nier was sort of niche, and people liked it, but we'll give this one a shot. We'll give Platinum a shot. If it doesn't sell well, we won't get games like this anymore. So while... Well, I agree 100%. Wait, if Horizon... Now, it, I'm going to use it in my case, because if you love Horizon and you don't have a Nintendo console, go get Horizon. But yeah. uh, I'm waiting on Horizon for the price to drop because I know that the next two months I'm going to be playing Zelda. But I'm not waiting on Nier. I am buying Nier uh, next Wednesday. I'm going to get that I'm because... I, I'm ashamed I wanna... to say I don't know anything about Nier. It's Nier Autom- Automa? Automa? Is that right? Uh, Automata, yeah. yeah. Automata? Yeah. Be, because I've been so obsessed with Zelda and Horizon Zero Dawn and, and just everything else that's been going on with the release of the Switch, yeah. I, I, I keep hearing this game mentioned, but I don't know anything about it. And I think that's part of the problem you're talking about. So so what yeah. exactly is this game? Go ahead, Mark. It's a sequel. Well, uh, to- Nier Tom is actually a sequel to, um, on the PS3 and on 360, there was an RPG called Nier. Um, it was very niche. Like, not many people even talk about it. But it must have done well enough because they got this sequel, which was now being developed by Platinum Games. Um, so if you've ever played any of their previous games... Yeah, there's... This, Sean's holding up the original there. <laughs> it looks very um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night on the cover. Yeah, yeah it it's 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 a 3D... Um, how would you describe it, Sean? 3D action RPG, I, I guess? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, action-adventure RPG thing. Um, and this next one's really fast-paced. Think like Bayonetta, I guess, meets RPG elements, I guess, is the best way okay. to describe automata um and yeah this was completely out of left i, I never expected them to make a, a near sequel when they announced it at e3 it was huge like everybody was nuts um unfortunately it released around the same time as horizon and zelda and i think it's getting a little overshadowed i hope not i hope it still sells well but what a yeah. what a terrible time for that game to come out though what like, are the odds? What a, what a great time for gamers but what a terrible it is a great time, time for, for gamers yeah yeah <laughs> horizon zelda near you got uh persona 5 i think is Oh, yeah, Mass Effect. Uh, and then you got this holiday, you got Mario, you got uh, Red Dead. Like, yeah. 
It's a crazy oh, year. It's a crazy year. If you're an Xbox fan, I, I you got Netflix. I can't get over the... I, I can't... <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> oh, man. I love the I love posts like that where people just love to stir the pot. It's it me up. I'm sorry. Um, no, the first three months of this year have just been insane. I don't remember a year where the first quarter of a year has just had so many top tier AAA games. I, I can't keep up, guys. I just I can't do no, it. And no. and it's it's I know first world problems and all that, but uh, it's a good time to be a gamer right now. It really yeah. is. And you, you almost had a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard people are actually breaking their legs on purpose so they have some time off to actually get through some of these games. <laughs> he works in a hospital. He, he that's verified fact. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> awesome. You're right. a rocket scientist, right? Uh, yeah, rocket really... surgeon. I'm a rocket surgeon. Rocket surgeon. Yeah, I don't build them. I fix them. Ah, <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. Let's get into some Switch sales then. All right. So it's selling. Uh, Nintendo Switch launched on March third. That was last Friday, so Saturday we talked about it briefly, how the launch day went sort of good. I didn't see a lot of posts of people who were desperate to get it and weren't able to get it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think most people who were in the know had already had a pre-order, already were ready. And a lot of the stores around here did have a few extra copies for walk-ins, so that was really good. Um, But So we've gotten some numbers trickling in over the week, and apparently... Now, take these with a grain of salt, because some of them... The, the Wii U also started fairly well. But the Nintendo Switch uh, is the... It has exceeded the first two-day sales in all of North America for any system in Nintendo history, uh, mm-hmm. including the Wii. And it's the... I know it uh, was number two in Japan, behind only the Wii. Uh, I believe it was number one in the UK, in France, and Spain individually. It's, it's selling extremely well out of the gate and that makes me happy yeah i agree i remember thinking Absolutely. the same thing like you said about the wii u i remember thinking the same thing wow this is doing great and then it sort of fell off but i feel like this one has legs but we'll see we'll see it's it's gonna come down to the games if there is enough game support trickled out throughout the year that there's no long gaps when people aren't playing it i think it'll be okay well scott you have one don't you i i uh a switch you mean yeah Yes, I do. And I and I think that the kicker for this is going to be, like you said, the games, because everyone talks about the failure of the Wii U, and they kind of attribute that to poor marketing and poor communication of exactly what that was. And I really think that that wasn't the biggest problem. To me, the biggest problem was that they didn't release enough games over enough amount of time. I mean, look at that entire generation of the Wii U console. We didn't get a Zelda game. And, and I know a lot of people complain, complain that Nintendo just kind of rehashes their properties, but that's what we want. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, but that's exactly what we want. We didn't get a Zelda game. We didn't get a proper Metroid game. Um, we got a Pikmin game, but uh, that it's funny that we get a Pikmin game. That That's more of like a cult <laughs> classic type game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We did get a Mario game, and, and those were the best experiences on that console. Mario, Super Mario 3D World was fantastic. I played that from yep. front to back and couldn't put it down. And give us more experiences like that. Um, the Wii, the original Wii was successful because it had that pack-in game with it. It had Wii Sports, the game that everybody wanted to play. Mm-hmm. I, I seriously think that Nintendo, and this isn't me just saying that I want things for free. It's, that's not what it is. But I think if you want to make this thing sell to the every person like the Wii did, you should have included 1-2 Switch in with the, with the Switch. I to agree. give them something to play, to give them something to play at parties. and Because and, that's what we did with the Wii. We used, to hold Wii. we used to hold Wii bowling tournaments at my house with people that didn't play games. Because it was just something fun to do, and and you got to give them something like that. And uh, um, 
and now we've got Zelda, which is fantastic. We don't have anything else that is tripping my trigger or is making a system seller until Mario comes out in Q4. Yeah. What else is happening in between? We could have some awesome things, but the, those first-party games are what sells Nintendo consoles, and we've got two big ones right now, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think between now and Mario, you've got Splatoon in the fall and Donkey Kong, or sorry, Mario Kart 8 in mm-hmm. April or May. Mm-hmm. And Next that's, yeah. if you owned a Wii U, Mario Kart 8 is a, a re-release. And Splatoon mm-hmm. is technically a sequel, but it does look and feel, that's I imagine, Splatoon Deluxe. Let's let's be honest. That's Splatoon Deluxe. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the games, there is some questions there. Um, a lot of the games that have, I've had to focus on for the Switch are the indie games. So if you got into the Switch on day one, you got it for Zelda. Zelda's going to take you a month, yeah. two months to play through. Mm-hmm. If you bought it for that game, how like so you bought it for Zelda, um, you, you play through two months. Are you going to be picking at the indie games? You got Master Blaster Zero, or sorry, Blaster Master Zero for ten bucks. Yes, um, mm-hmm. you've got um, Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight. Uh, Torment, Spectre which is Torment. fantastic, by the way. Uh, I can't wait. Mm. It's, uh, it's not out for everything else till April, so I have to wait till then. <laughs> oh, it's uh, so good, guys! It's so good. They uh, just they perfected that formula. I, I, I just love what they did with it. They changed the mechanics in such an interesting way, and it just completely works. But nice. yes, to answer your question, I'm going to get on board with the indie things. I, I really want to play Blaster Master Zero. Uh, I love the original game. We actually had an episode on the original Blaster Master on um, the gaming the gaming outsider, and we. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of you, Sean. I I love that because we had you on the on the Gaming Outsider a while ago. And yeah. Mark, I don't know if we, if you if you heard that episode, but it was did, hilarious because we had Sean. And it was totally not intentional whatsoever, but we had him read the titles of the games that were on Games with Gold that week. And it yeah. happened to be like Outlast, oh, yeah. Outlander, and um, Burnout. Uh, burnout. <laughs> it was the game that had the word out in it. And it was totally like unintentional, and it wound up being like one of the funniest things that happened. Cause he oh, was that just, was like, funny. Burn, burnout, Burnout yeah. Paradise. It I was last. like, this is, this is a trap. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, so that was awesome. a good time on that episode. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, we'll have to have you again, man. It's it's a we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I I like that you're in for the indie titles. Uh, a friend mm-hmm. of ours, uh, Adam, played through Blaster Master the other day. I started playing it, and he said the HD Rumble is a game changer mm-hmm. with that game specifically. So I'm interested to to feel that. But uh, I I agree that I don't think there's anything there that's gonna sit make somebody go out and buy this console until Mario. So mm-hmm. you've got Zelda, you've got Mario, there's nothing in between. If you bought bought it for Zelda, yes, you're going to have indie titles released, you know, weekly or bi-weekly, that you can pick up on the cheap and play and enjoy. But until mm-hmm. Mario, and I think this is good from a business standpoint because if if next month they release uh, Metroid uh, Prime Switch, then they're going to need 2 million more consoles. But I don't think they have 2 million more consoles next month. That's a good point. You know? I never thought of that. So if they space out those major titles and let their stock build up, let it get on shelves, people will yeah. still continue to buy. They'll trickle through the sales. I've used that word a lot today. Um, Nobody cares. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that they uh, – I, I think spacing out the big games is a good idea. Like look at Horizon and, and uh, Nier. Not that they're on the same level. But Nier is really hurt by being that close to Horizon. So if you released anything, if you released a Pikmin game next month, it's still going to be overshadowed by the fact that Zelda was there. 
So I, yeah. I do I do think there is some business sense behind the spacing out of the big titles, but I don't think I don't think we'll see continue to see sales as strong as we have in this first week carried out until Mario hits, and then I think it's going to be here's Mario, it's around Black Friday, here's your bundle with one two switch, because by all accounts, one two switch is a buttload of fun. Mm-hmm. Didn't they um say Xenoblade two was gonna be this year too? Yeah, but is that still confirmed for this year? <laughs> <laughs> Can, okay. You had to say confirmed with with air quotes. Yeah, yeah that's right. when it comes to Nintendo. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, right. I think that uh, another selling point that the Wii, the Wii, excuse me, the Switch has going for it that I think will help move consoles uh, because of word of mouth is the portability. Yeah. When I bought this thing, I really didn't have any intention of playing it on the go a whole lot. Maybe maybe when I'm traveling, maybe when I'm. Um, you know, on, on long car trips or plane trips or something like that, I, I, I'll pop it out. I am playing this more away from my TV than I ever imagined. Um, oh, I take so it to work close. with me during my planning periods at, at work. Um, I, I, you know, while I'm waiting for class to start in the evening, I'm, I'm playing it. Um, I love that I can go upstairs and get credit for hanging out with my wife while she's watching her, her TV shows, and I can play Zelda while I'm while she's doing that and I feel like I'm not abandoning her by going down to my man cave and leaving her alone, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, look at the Vita, that Vita, call it a success or a failure that that's kind of up for debate, but that has become kind of the indie console, the indie handheld console to play. And that's what people primarily do it for. I think that the indie aspect of that. And then when the virtual console comes to it is going to be a huge selling point for people and people are going to want to buy this so they have something to play on the go. And that's the biggest surprise for me with the Switch is because I just thought I was going to have it hooked up to my TV, and I'm every day taking it out of that dock and taking it with me. It's it's awesome. I'm so jealous. That That is the biggest selling point for me. Um, at this point in my life, time is so limited, and I know I will get more screen time if I can take that screen with me wherever I'm going, mm-hmm. even if that means laying in bed or, or you know, right before I fall asleep or if I'm on the couch. If I'm on break at work, anything like that, that's more screen time. Watching Gilmore Girls. Yeah, well, we don't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> so well, what's cool? I know you haven't played Zelda yet, and again, I won't spoil anything. But okay. the cool thing about playing, thinking that game on the go is that if you've just got 20 minutes, you can get something accomplished in 20 minutes. Really? It, oh, it's, it, I it's never would have really, guessed that. Seriously, some of the, the the puzzles will take you just a, a good a handful of minutes to get through. So even if you just got a quick bite-sized amount of time you can get something done even if it's just getting from one area to the next to set up the next thing because it's got that sleep mode so it just fires right back up and yeah so it's so you don't need to be at a a save point when you shut that thing off it it goes to sleep kind of like a vita does you just sort of you you pop it off whenever you want oh man Zelda anywhere yeah Mm -hmm. oh even better yeah oh i'm jealous (laughs) scott's 100 right you could get to and complete a shrine in 20 minutes easy Yep. Wow. Yep. They're wow. like mini puzzles. It's. We'll talk about Zelda in a bit, but uh, yep. I do want to talk You've about said something. Too much. <laughs> hey, Sean, can I mention it. one more thing about about Nintendo sales real quick before you move on to the next one? Yes, did, of course. Did you see this story that um, and, and probably attributed to Zelda because it also released in the Wii U? But the Wii U last week actually outsold the Xbox One. I did. <laughs> yeah, in, in Japan. Wow. I don't know if it was in worldwide. Right, but well, doesn't it always it. sold in Japan? I hope so. <laughs> no, like so the sales figures for console. And I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it was Switch, PS4, 3DS, uh, 2DS, new 3DS LL. Those might have been switched, and then it was PS3. Then it was Wii U, 
and then it was with 147 units sold. It was Xbox, Xbox 147. <laughs> yeah, not 147,000. 147, no. 147 no. units. Yeah, 147. Yeah, they don't sell in Japan. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's funny because I was talking. I was at work, and uh, as soon as I read it aloud, a buddy of mine who is he's Xbox through and through. He. He, if he had the money, he would own every console, but he doesn't. So his wife says he only needs one Nintendo, so he has an Xbox One because that's his Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he said to me, he goes, you know those 147 sales were sold on an American base somewhere. <laughs> so that wasn't 147 yeah. Japanese people buying Xboxes. <laughs> yeah. a true story. Yeah, but it's, that's pretty funny. Um, two discontinued systems sold it, but uh, yeah. Yeah. They're not competing with each other. It's uh, they're all sharing the space. <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to mention because you you said you're taking this on the go. When I get the switch, the number one thing for me is going to be the mobility due to my job, due to just everything. I, like you said, sit in the I can sit in the living room with the wife and play on this. There's been some reports of the screen being scratched uh, by entering and exiting the dock. Mm-hmm. Now I asked my friends if anybody had firsthand experience, and nobody did. Uh, I went to a local EB Games and I asked them if they had heard anything. He had reports of it. Um, they were getting mixed statements of the screen protector's too thick and that's causing the scratching. Um, one person said that the actual system heats up in the dock and the screen protector is, is coming off. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as like scratching, scratching, he, he hadn't seen any. So I want to know, like, because I saw a picture online and th- this thing had like gouges in it. Like you would have to scrape this across something to do these kind of scratches. <laughs> Right. Are you having any issues at all? Do you see any kind of deterioration on the on the is it the bezel? Is that what it's called? Bevel? Of the of, bevel. Yeah, of the screen. Like are you seeing anything? I'm not having any issues, but partially that is because I've read these reports that have said it, so I am overly cautious when I put this thing in the dock. I'm pressing it as far back as I can before I slide it down super slowly. Um but with that said, there's there's something wrong with the design. I mean, this is something that's going to be used by kids. This yeah. is something that's going to be used by people that are the same people that rent DVDs and video games from video stores or Redbox and put them in there with just like they use them for coasters or something. I don't know what they do with those things. Know. You know, this is these things are going to get abused, and and I think that I think that we'll see a redesign of that dock in the near future. I would love to see that thing where it's instead of up and down like it is where you put it in, where you put it in horizontally instead. Mm. Number one, it would fit on my shelf better, and I could (laughs) actually feed the cords back behind the wall a little bit better because the way the cords are in there, now you have to wrap them around sideways, and it can only come out one side of the console, so you have to place it on a certain side of your TV, which is annoying. But um, I also don't like screen protectors. I just never have. Uh, um, You always get those little bubbles in them that you can never get up. So I kind of refuse to put, put that on there, so I'm just being extra, extra careful I bought a case for the Switch to carry it around in to make sure the screen t- stays protected. And I actually did something really nerdy that you're going to laugh at me for. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Josh from my show um, sent me a link on – or sent me a picture of something that I bought on Etsy. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with Etsy, nice. the website? Oh, yeah. That's There's the this... – uh, that's that, like, bored housewife's uh, craft store, right? <laughs> kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, Pinterest, but with action. <laughs> so okay, it's like yeah. you know, it's like if, if Pinterest had a, a shopping cart attached to it, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. this girl I found makes these like slip sleeves that uh, slip over the front part of the of the the docking station for the switch, and it's like a like a felt, felt? material kind of oh, speak. Okay. 
and she makes them out of different patterns uh, that she got, and I got one that's Zelda. So I got one coming in the mail. I haven't it hasn't cool. come yet, but it just <laughs> slips over the front of it. So whenever I slide the dock into it or slide the switch into it, it will only hit that felt and, and then keep it from getting scratched. So that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Had, that's one perfect. of our listeners bought some kind of felt tape. That he actually put on the inside of it as well to keep that from there because there's just there's a little bit of protection in there, but not enough to keep that uh, completely scratch free. So, I haven't had any scratches, but that's because I'm super anal and I'm and I paid three hundred dollars for this thing and I want to make sure I take as good care of it as possible. You're you're definitely right though. That's a design flaw. It's not up to the customer to customize their dock to make sure that damage doesn't happen because, like you said, kids specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you heard kids buy Nintendo? We buy Nintendo consoles for kids. They're going oh, yeah. to use this. They're going to slam it in there. You know what I mean? You can tell mm-hmm. your six-year-old as much as you want that they have to be careful with it, you know, that they have to wash their hands before they touch it. But they're still going to – they're a kid, right? That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you have animals, your, your animals might come up and bump it. Like, there does need to be some protection in there. And I'm 100% with you uh, on screen protectors. I can't stand any sort of uh, plastic covering between me and my skin. I need to be able to just touch that. Like, I need to be able to have that feeling of a of – a, like, for specific, specifically for cell phones – I need to be able to touch that screen. I don't want to touch plastic. It's that's uh, not me. What about you, yeah, Mark? How do you feel? You. Do you prefer skin on skin or skin on screen, Mark, or do you prefer? Uh, I have screen no protectors? screen protector. I have no case. I don't like putting cases on my phones. Um, which is, uh, actually, I think Bill mentioned this on STC Pod this week. He's the same way, and I completely understand. I don't like big bulky cases that people have. Um, get you, just, get you a spec, man. I got a spec case for my phone. Yeah, that it looks the- slick. It is the it is the smoothest case and it doesn't make the phone feel real huge at all. See that you can kind of see the logo there. Kind of looks like, like an Xbox. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't intentional, but uh, um, these cases are fantastic. I highly recommend them. They're not they're not expensive okay. and yeah. All right, I will check that out then. Yeah, I've never never been a case guy, so I'm definitely not going to be getting a screen protector. So I'm happy to hear these reports coming in before I got one. And also with what Scott said, you should have the option of sitting it up or or, or standing it up or at least having the option of where that cord comes out. Um, so I'm hoping for a redesign, like, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger right. issue, even, even outside of that, because I actually have experienced this, is the left Joy-Con issues that everybody's been reporting where it, yeah, it, it loses connection with that. I, I've actually experienced that. Nothing that's, that's broken the game or anything like that, but um, I sit about... I don't know, about eight, eight or ten feet away from my from my dock, mm-hmm. and on occasion the the left Joy-Con will just lose connection. I think wow. that it, there has something to do with the antenna. I saw some guy that figured out a workaround where he actually opened up the switch, the the Joy-Con, and had to solder a piece of metal in some spot to make sure that the antenna got the proper connection. You, you shouldn't have to do that, guys. That's, no, that's, no, that's, that's, that's totally reasonable. That uh... and, <laughs> like it, it has trouble passing through your body. So if you've got big hands like we're adults we've got bigger hands than kids your hands are going to wrap around those joy cons and going to interfere with that signal so on occasion i'll be playing and link will just start walking on his own in one direction and it takes a second for it and i got to hold the controller up to make sure that it gets a connection and um th- that's a problem i think and it, and it, it is a hardware issue not a software issue that they can fix with um, a patch or anything like that so when you're playing in portable mode do you, does that ever happen when it's right nope. next to the screen Okay, Not good. at all. It's, it's right next to there, so it's getting the perfect connection. So, okay, so the good. solution there is Pro Controller. Yeah, yeah, Seven dollar solution. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Nintendo. <laughs> How much is? I think that Pro Controller is like ninety dollars here. It's, it's ninety here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that uh, there was a Polygon article, and it said uh, Nintendo Nintendo Joy-Con uh, fault causes multiple deaths. 
And then I read the what? article, and it was he was talking about how he had died oh. playing Zelda because of oh. the left joy. <laughs> Clickbait. Yeah, oh my it was pretty. It worked. It worked. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, so oh. we got a little, a little speaking bit more of, switch. Clickbait. Yeah. Please. <laughs> There's a uh, first big big report was that uh, what was it porn traffic was down since the Zelda uh, specifically release? on you porn. <laughs> Uh, in oh the first God. three days since the release of the Nintendo Switch, there was a 15% drop uh, in traffic from gamers, sorry, from, from users who identified as gamers. That was the first day. The second day was 17%. And then by Sunday, it was only 13%. So the, some of them were starting to come back. Coming back. They're coming back. Yeah. Um, but I heard as like well, the orange search is way up. Yeah. So, I was gonna say, yeah, the videos that that have like people dressed up like like like, like uh, Princess Zelda have gone up. So, I didn't even yeah. know this was a thing. Like, oh yeah, searches for Link rose by 164 percent over the weekend. Searches oh, for Zelda God. were up 102 percent. Searches for Nintendo were up by 37 percent. Searches for Mario went up for 24. Bowser 23 and Princess Peach 16. Uh, whoever out there is looking up Bowser pornography, you have you have issues. <laughs> Whatever gets you off, man. I think we just like found slide down. Would you like to slide down my flagpole? <laughs> yeah. So that's a uh, that's a little oh. fun fun Nintendo news. Yeah. Um. Kind of related. Uh, another news thing that came up is this, which I'm sure you guys have already met. This Zora Prince, this shark guy. He's a big shark Zora guy. Have you guys met him yet in the game? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have Prince Sidon, or Sidon, yeah. I believe his name is. Sure, yeah. I don't want to know his name. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just like a big shark guy. Everybody is like in love with this guy. There's all these things coming up, how they want, how they say that him and Link should date, and they want them to kiss and all this stuff. So there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of shark love going on on the internet yeah. right now. I don't Nintendo know. Nintendo spurs a lot of weird stuff. They do, yeah. He is. Uh, he does ooze personality and charm. He's a very charming individual. Yeah, he does this thing where he goes, yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> He's awesome. got very nice teeth. <laughs> he smiles. He's got the little twinkle in his teeth when he smiles. Oh yep. wow! Um, so you know, yeah. so you can understand, I guess, where uh, these people are coming from. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people are on on board with this. <laughs> I, I can't speak spoilery because you haven't played it, but uh, yep, there, there's reasons why that's a bad idea. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Wow, now I'm really I'm really curious, but don't say. <laughs> and wow. uh, I think the last piece of news we have is that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has a f officially uh, taken the number top the top spot for most perfect scores on Metacritic in history. Nice. Uh, it's Wait, still no, not the not... highest rated game yet. O Ocarina of Time is still number 1. So they have received be more cuz Ocarina had wow. less reviews which makes their average more impressive because a single bad review would drop that average, mm -hmm. right? I think Ocarina's average was 98. This is currently sitting at a 97 point something. Um, okay, so uh, when you have more reviews, a lower review hurts you less. So for Ocarina, I think Ocarina was reviewed 23 times, I think it was officially, something like that. Um, Breath of the Wild was at 56 after day one. Oh, so. Wow. Uh, the fact that Ocarina is still number one is very impressive, but if if Breath of the Wild continues to get extremely high, perfect scores, uh, it could potentially topple Ocarina of Time as the the highest rated game of all time on Metacritic. Wow! Oh Top my two god! Two games of Zelda. Just saying. Yeah. I just gotta I gotta ask Scott, is this better 
than Ocarina. Just from what you've played so far, do you think it's possible that it could be better? Man, that is, that's a tall order because Ocarina is so good. Actually, Ocarina is not my favorite Zelda game. My favorite is Link to the Past. Um, a lot of that probably has to do with, with nostalgia, but uh, Ocarina is just so good. Ocarina is a much cleaner experience in terms of giving you direction, and you've got a set path. You know where you're going. There's not as much wandering. Mm -hmm. uh, Breath of the Wild is much more open-ended and lets you just kind of do whatever you want. So it kind of depends on what kind of gameplay you prefer. If you like a lot of hand-holding and saying, hey, go here and then just follow there and do it, you're going to like Ocarina better. If you like having the freedom to do whatever you want and um, and you like weapon breakage and you like having to get <laughs> make recipes and do cooking and hunting and all that kind of stuff, you know, like which are which are kind of open world tropes, you're going to like Breath of the Wild better. I am I think that Breath of the Wild is a better made game. Oh. I think that Ocarina of Time might be a better Zelda experience. If that okay. makes sense, in terms yep. of traditional dungeons, in terms of, um, uh, I think maybe some of the music is more iconic from there. You get you get the themes and everything in Breath of the Wild, but uh, I, I think Breath of the, of the Wild is a better mechanically game, mechanical game. But um, Ocarina might be just kind of have that that Zelda formula a little bit better. But that's not to knock Breath of the Wild at all. I love it. No, yep, I completely understand. Yep. Yeah. Yes, I mean, how about you? Uh... Sean, what do you think? Well, first of all, what's your favorite Zelda? A Link to the Past is also my favorite. Um, all right. <laughs> very close second would be A Link Between Worlds because it was, it felt like such a polished experience that was so similar. Yeah. Uh, is this going to topple it? This, so I said to, I can't remember who I was talking to. Uh, I think it was the guys last night playing Overwatch. The experience that I'm having with Breath of the Wild is I'm getting feelings playing this game and it's striking such a chord with me that I I honestly cannot remember another game in the history of video games that has hit me this way. Wow. Like I'm I haven't completed it yet and the the fun fact the the weapon da the weapon breakage nobody likes that. Um <laughs> yeah. It, uh, there are faults with this game, there are flaws with this game. But the overall experience, I spent 20 minutes this morning trying to tame uh, a horse, capture a horse. He was like a, a bluish gray with oh, a white yeah. mane and a tail. Um, 20 minutes just tracking him in in the grass, waiting for rain so that I could be quieter. And when I got him, I rode him around for half an hour. I was late wait for rain Paulina. so that he can't hear you? That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. The weather and, plays uh, a big part in this game. Holy yeah, cow. Time. And then I just rode awesome. around on this horse for like half an hour. Like it that was the morning. Awesome. My dogs were asleep on me. One was in my lap. One was like up on my arm. I had a coffee. And I spent the morning riding around a horse in Hyrule. All right. Awesome. I got I to gotta bring up something. <laughs> what? Did you buy the game? Something that's, no, I wish. <laughs> something that's been bothering me all week. Epona, they make a for that. Epona is an Amiibo <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. Why? Why is Epona not in the story? Killing me. I guess this is, this, is our, this is our Zelda segment. So this is our Zelda talk now. We're if, in. Epona is not in the story. Now, and now, if you say, or I assume, I don't know, she might be, but I think okay. I'm sure now, she's if you explain explosive. something, as long as you don't know story-wise why she's done it, then you can continue. Right. But if Here's there's a reason I why, I don't want to know. <laughs> Breath of the Wild is a first step in a new direction for Zelda. It's a 
to me, it feels like a reimagining of The Legend of Zelda. That's how it feels mm-hmm. to me. It's like, this is how this game could have been if this technology existed 30 years ago. Epona, Midna, the outfits from Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and the original Legend of Zelda are amiibo exclusives because they're there for people who have loved this franchise for X number of years. For somebody who's been experiencing this and you want that nostalgia and you want to... To, for me, as a as a, a fan of Zelda, to be able to scan an amiibo, have a Pona, and then ride around on her, that's awesome. That's a nice touch that I have as a fan of this franchise forever. But for new people coming in, they're creating new iconic characters. They're creating new memories and new feelings. No, still Link. Still Link. It, well, it is, yeah. But because of that... It can be a Pona. I... <laughs> it can you can be change a what she looks like. Give her a fire... Main. <laughs> I just I think that they put those in there as a thank you to the fans who've been around for thirty years or fifteen years, you know, however long, or even five years or two years. If you just found Zelda last year, I think those characters are in there more as a thank you and a, a tip of the hat than it is because this story. I'm playing the game. I feel like Link, so he has. Uh... <laughs> memory, lo- memory loss. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he wakes up in this world that he knows. He knows this world. It's Hyrule. He knows Hyrule Field. He knows Farron Woods. He knows uh, Lenaru Mountain. But all right, it looks different. You know, it all looks different. It's all decrepit. It's all destroyed. This is this is in the world he knows. It's like he woke up in his home, but it's not his home. I'm playing this game, he's and that's how I feel. On a Doke Arena. One note off, and look what happens. Holy cow. <laughs> You know, that's how I feel when I play it. I know this world, but I don't recognize this world that we're in right now. Having a Pona there is like having that that rock, that, that tie back for me. That's And I don't mind that she's amiibo only because I have all the amiibos. <laughs> doesn't make sense. She should be in the story. If you want classic Epona, if you want to have Epona look different in this one, that's fine. And then you can unlock the classic Epona with the, with the amiibo. That's what they should have done. Weren't they riding Epona in all of the demos that they were showing up to this, up, up, no, up before release? Like a black... Man, Epona should be black in this one. Like, that would be awesome, but it should be Epona. And then if you want the classic look, you unlock it through Amiibo. Epona is Link's horse. Like, it it wasn't just from one game, right? She was in Twilight Princess 2 and Ocarina, right? Yeah, she's also in Um, uh, Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why I'm so upset. I don't want to say the word upset because I know it's not a big deal in the end. I just am confused, I guess, why they wouldn't have somewhere in this game or are they still might maybe we just don't know i know they that, do because uh, they know we'll pay for it <laughs> yeah that's true yeah yeah that's true that's fair but they could still have a storyline epona and an unlockable classic you know epona but it's epona like is that. in the story for me i scanned her she's there she exists that is, not in the, that is not in the story that is in your imagination and then in that you're creating but it is not in the story there's no epona in the story that's upsetting to me the guy at the at the ranch recognizes her immediately and says, "Oh my goodness, that's the legendary Horace Epona. You can't change Good her God. name." Good God, they say her name. Yeah. Why did they put? Oh, I'm so upset. I'm so upset. <laughs> oh, I'm so upset. You because you get you're, a horse. You go to the. Go ahead, Scott. You're upset. I own all the amiibos and I refuse to open them, so I can't even use it. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got oh, uh, I got I got open amiibo packages right here. <laughs> oh, it just makes my eye twitch. <laughs> Have you? I'll show you my case after. Um, 
pretty cool case. You, yeah, you, you, so you go to a ranch, you have to uh, register your horses. So you, you scan her, she appears, you jump on her, you ride her there. And she actually has her own saddle and bridle where the rest of them have generic ones. And uh, you register, you go to them and you register the horse, so you put her in and it says, what would you like to name it? And then it, it, the name thing comes up and then it goes away and the guy's like, uh? And he says, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the legendary horse of Pony. You, you can't change her name unless you really Jim want to. Man and Taylor then... is in Zelda? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, um, is there so then she keeps I, I wanted to know that too, actually. There is. Only, only during cutscenes. It's not like every oh. line of dialogue or anything like that. So it kind of the, like the screen fades away, and then you see a cutscene, and it's there, and it's okay. It's not great. <laughs> Would you agree with me, Sean? Like it's it's serviceable, but it's nothing spectacular. It's the best voice acting I've ever heard in a Zelda game. That's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> the only voice acting you've ever heard. The Japanese voice acting sounded awesome in the trailer. I wish you had the option of using that, but whatever. It's that would it's be cool. It it's not uh, Sissy. Uh, was it Sissy Jones from Firewatch? Sissy Jones. Mm-hmm. It's not her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not that level. We're not getting Matthew Mercer here playing Leon Kennedy, but it's it's decent. All right. It, yeah, All right. It's, it's the best. It's the best dialogue I've heard in Zelda. <laughs> can I can I defend the uh, the weapon breakage thing for a second? Oh please, a little yeah. bit. I, just before, because... I mean, before you say that, I love that there's weapon breakage. Okay, you on. like it. <laughs> I do. do I love that game. Any game that has durability on armor and uh, weapons. Uh, I remember Demon's Souls had it, and I love that about it. I know a lot of people hated that part about it, but I like Mm -hmm. it. Just one more thing I have to think about, and the more my mind isn't thinking about my problems in real life, the more happier I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really interesting way to look at it. (laughs) Uh, For for me, I I didn't like it when I first started because it's frustrating when you don't have that at least one weapon that's at least constant that I can do some kind of damage on something if I break all my weapons. That's always been in Zelda. You've always got at least even a wooden sword or something that you've got. You don't have that in Breath of the Wild, at least at the beginning. You're constantly finding new weapons, and and you're going to get crappy ones at some point. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm experiencing it, as I get deeper and deeper into the game, I'm starting to appreciate it, and this is why. It reminds me of... Do you guys remember the old Dragon Warrior games on uh, the NES? When you started those games, those games were hard. At the beginning... In, in traditional JRPGs, when you start off those those uh, those like first battles with modern ones, those are like cake, right? You're so overpowered, you're just basically hitting attack every time and killing everybody. But in Dragon Warrior, you really had to to work hard to get through those battles and use your potions and use um, some strategies to get through that to survive. And that's what they're doing with the weapon breakage here is you kind of have to plan your attacks at the beginning. And then later as you get into the game and you get the more powerful weapons and you get the things that don't break as often or you get something that is a little bit more permanent, you appreciate it more. And it kind of makes it feel like you are actually more powerful than you were before instead of it just being a stat or a number that makes you more powerful. So it sucks at the beginning. Don't get me wrong. It sucks. (laughs) But I feel like there's a purpose behind it. Um, to to give you that sense of satisfaction. That's why I play RPGs. I play RPGs because I want to do the grind. Not when I say grind, you got to use that that term carefully because people hear grinding and they think grinding like in Final Fantasy VII when you had to go back and just fight enemies over and over and over again the same yeah. ones. That's not what I mean. It's a grind in that you're working towards something better and then you feel rewarded for it by the end of it. And this game has a natural grind through it instead of it being doing it just for for the sake of grinding. So I kind of appreciate it. I'm, I'm with you, Sean. It sucks at the beginning. It's it's frustrating. I hate having to 
you know, do these recipes to make my clothes resistant to cold or to heat or something like that. That's frustrating cool. and it's not fun. <laughs> but then when you get that things that so good. Yeah. <laughs> but when you get things that, that, that awesome. make it so you don't have to do that anymore, it's like you appreciate it more. So yeah. from that aspect, I, I do see the purpose behind it, and, and, I, and I've grown to appreciate it as I've gotten further in the game. Okay. Oh, that's such a great point. I, 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 I so got to tell you. I'm, I'm on board. You guys are killing weapons. <laughs> I got to buy this game right now. You do. You, I can't believe you don't have it, and I don't know if it's you're going to find a me, dude. locally. It's killing me, dude. killing me. I got to get through Beyond Oasis. <laughs> it, it's got so many tiny details. Like that's the best part. When the when the NPCs talk to Link, they look in his eyes. When they point at something, everybody looks at it. You don't get that blank stare that you get from Skyrim. When he's climbing a mountain, there's like six different climb animations based on the grade of the hill, how steep it is. Cool. Uh it's just the grass parts as you move through the grass. Mm-hmm. When you're playing the game, the grass sort of fades away. You're not if you're not focused looking at it. Um it's sort of just like grass, but if you actually focus it's individual blades of grass they did yep. such an amazing job on this and granted they had an ex- a whole extra year to fine-tune it so they should have done an amazing job <laughs> that's fine you, you guys remember when we first saw our first glimpse of breath of the wild at one of the e3s or our yep. um treehouse whatever they i can't remember which one it was and i don't think it was miyamoto um but it, he was talking hey, hey you see that thing in the distance you can yeah. go there yeah i kind of laughed at that when i first saw it i was like it's an open world game of course i can go there experiencing that in the game itself is amazing because the the amount of depth that you have as far as how far away you can background where like you can't you can't actually get to that it's just kind of like decoration yeah. They mean it that when you see something in the distance, you can get there no matter how far away it is. It'll Lovely. take you a while, but yeah. it's it's absolutely stunning. I, I like I said, I thought that was funny when he said it. Like, duh, of course you can go there, but no. Um, and that becomes my favorite aspect of this game is, I've put probably about ten or twelve hours in this game, and my favorite part is just going around and exploring. Not even with any kind of purpose. I just want to go out and see what I can find. And that sense of satisfaction of finding a, a wall that can be bombed or finding a stone that can be in turn to give me some kind of upgrade for my for my arsenal is just so satisfying. And, and I'm, I'm getting lost in this game and even when I'm not doing the main quests. And it's not walled off in like a traditional RPG where it's like, here you've got a boom, 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 boom list of things that you can do that are a bunch of fetch quests, which there are some here. But it's just just go out and just explore. Reminds me of when you were a kid and you wanted to go out in the woods and and uh, look for stuff, and but you never found anything because you were a kid and there was nothing interesting in your hometown. <laughs> to a broken me, toy or something. <laughs> exactly. The experience of exploration in Breath of the Wild is what I wanted from No Man's Sky. No Man's yeah. Sky, you have a massive multi-universe world or multi-universe place to go explore, and there's nothing there. In Breath of the Wild, you go out and you find things that are actually helpful and interesting, and I adore that about this game. Awesome. I'm sold. Um, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I feel like I have to. The only bad thing I've heard about the game is the frame rate. Have you guys noticed a drop in frame rate? Is it actually noticeable? Yeah, I've experienced a few situations where the frame rate uh, stuttered, where it was a drop. Mm-hmm. I don't do enough combat because you don't... gain like. 
It's not like an RPG where you get experience from fighting. I kill almost nothing. I don't hunt. I fight very few. Unless I get attacked by a creature, I don't attack anything. So I haven't experienced a ton of it. Um, I'm very much... Because I'm playing the game defensively. I'm not Link the Slaughterer or, you know, or Link the Conqueror. I'm Link the Wanderer. <laughs> and that's the... Uh, just, and just so everybody knows, you're playing the Wii U version, and Scott, you're playing the Switch version. Right. Correct. Are you both experiencing... Are you experiencing slowdown too, Scott? Well, I'm one of those guys that I I don't see frame rate issues as much as everybody else. Um, the 60 frames per second argument, I, I just don't see it. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm not I'm not you know pulling a Trump and saying it doesn't exist. And, you know, climate change isn't isn't real. Um, fake frame rates. <laughs> fake frame rates. I, I will say I have seen some some stuttering. I don't know if that, if that's what they mean. I just I, I kind of attribute stuttering to a lot of games. I see it on occasion. I will say there's a big difference between playing it on the tablet versus playing it on the television. Oh really? So you, um, not necessarily in maybe a little bit of dip in frame rate, but more in actually the graphical fidelity. It okay. looks vibrant on the on the tablet, but things like the individual blades of grass that you were talking about earlier, Sean, you can actually see some of the jagged edges that you're going. And when I started playing this, I played only on the tablet for the first several hours. When I dropped that thing into the TV and at the dock, it was like mind blowing at how much better it looked on the TV. It oh. looked it looked crisper. Oh. the The grass and um, the ambient things in the world looked much more alive than they did on the t on the tablet. Gotcha. But I feel like it ran smoother on the tablet. If that makes okay. sense, I didn't have as so you got a little bit of push and pull on both sides. Gotcha. But nothing that's game breaking by any means. No. Okay. Very good. This is a uh, uh, we got because I really want to avoid spoilers. So this might be a good time yeah. to, to just roll into our rant f section and talk about because we're talking about Zelda and it's sort of the inspiration for the rant anyway. Okay. Sure. Sure. So Zelda has received a lot of perfect scores across a lot of different uh, avenues, and I have heard um, many people say, "Well, the game's not perfect," you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And the frame rate drops is one that, that one of those things that makes it not perfect. Um, so I guess the question is, does a game have to be perfect to get a perfect score? Does 10 out of 10 mean this game is flawless? And if so, can you name any game that is flawless? <laughs> mm, that's a tough question. <laughs> you know, I mean, you almost have to kind of define perfection. I mean, I know that sounds trite or whatever, but... What does it? What does perfect mean? Because perfect for one person could be not perfect for somebody else. Um, exactly. I mean, does, does perfect mean that there's that there's no dips in frame rate? Does that mean that there's there's no, or does that mean that there are no quests that annoy me? You know what I mean? There, yeah. There's. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of subjective in that in that stance. We actually had a topic on our show several episodes ago, probably sometime last year, where we talked about review scores and and uh, we actually don't do review scores at the Gaming Outsider. And part of that reason was is because we found ourselves when we read reviews, sometimes we just skip through the article and go right to the bottom and just see what the score was. True. And that yeah. doesn't that doesn't really tell you anything unless you know that person and and, and read their information or, or know what kind of personality they have to align your gaming purchases to theirs. You know, we've all got that one reviewer that we feel like we they like the kind of games that we like, so we just kind of just go with their recommendations based on similar tastes. So that score, it to some degree almost becomes meaningless because, you know, one person, if, if a person doesn't like Zelda, they're going to give the game a three, no matter how much, how good the game is. True. 
Whereas someone like me, a, a Zelda fanatic, it could be broken, and I'm probably still going to give it a pretty high score. You know, there's, there's that bias built into it. But to answer your question, can a game be perfect? Even Or can a be, game give it, get a 10 out of 10, even though it's not perfect? I think it can, because it all depends on the experience that you had. If you had what you consider to be a perfect experience, then by all means, it can be a, it can be a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I agree 100%. <sighs> I don't think 10 this out of 10 means tough. there's no flaws in this game. I think it means the overall experience was the best. You know, it was it was a top tier overall experience. Would highly recommend. That's how mm-hmm. I feel. Um, it's funny because so, you mentioned if depending on if someone was a Zelda fan or not. Um, uh, a friend of ours, John Riggs, is a Zelda fan and NJ Retro as well, and they both don't like this game because it. Sorry, I shouldn't say don't like. They like it less because it feels so different because it doesn't play like a Zelda game. You know what I mean? It's not that traditional. Here's your, eight, here's your three temples. Here's your eight temples. Here's your Ganon. Mm-hmm. Go. And that's why review scores, like you mentioned, just looking at the numbers without the context of that review, the number means nothing. Easy allies yeah. gave it a 4.5 out of five. If you don't watch that review, you don't know what that 0.5 came off for. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. It was specifically for the frame rate drops um, or one of the major contributors. You, but you go and look at a game that, you know, someone gives a 10 out of 10. And you're like, oh, were they, were they ignoring the frame rate drops? But if you listen to the review or you read the review, they, you know, they mention it. They talk about stuff and it's like, yeah, these are the things that weren't, that I didn't enjoy as much. Or these were issues that I had. But these other things were so good. And the overall experience, you know what I mean? I love my wife, but she has, her second toe is longer than her big toe. Well, that mean, does that mean she's not perfect? Well, she's perfect for me. You know what I mean? She's a 10 out of 10 for me. I don't know if you're listening. Um, Um, I suppose like you were kind of like what you're saying if it doesn't detract from your experience but if it does detract from your experience then you are completely within your right to say it's a 9 out of 10 you know what I mean or an 8 out of 10 Um, so what it all all comes down to is that it's all subjective it's all dependent on person to person so like Scott said unless you know somebody's views and opinions line up with yours it's almost impossible to read another review and take it on board at all. Like it's tough because somebody who really is a stickler for frame rate, they're going to rate rate it lower and that's within their right. There's no way to really answer this. <laughs> yeah. Darren, <laughs> the game of pilgrimage, he loves frame rate in games where it matters. He's playing, uh, a Dynasty Warriors game, that frame rate better be 60. You know what I mean? He's playing a shmop, that game, that frame rate better be 60. He wants that frame rate to be where it's at. But So I asked him about, about Zelda, and he was like, it's not a game where that necessarily matters. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Your your experience, yeah. for him, and for me as well, for I him. agree, isn't yeah. overall. Oh, for sure. But there are some people who are like, listen, I want, whether you lock it at 30, or you lock it at 60, or you lock it at 25, I don't ever want to see a change. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that can take some people out of it. And I totally understand that. I just, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. On yeah, the flip I'm side not... of that argument, too, is is scores that get reviewed low. You know, can if a game isn't for you or doesn't isn't an enjoyable experience for you, is it fair to give a game a one or a two out of ten? <laughs> you know, even though even though you didn't like it, but there's still some good qualities to it. You know what I mean? I'll give you an example. I um I was a, I'm a very vocal on on my podcast about my dislike for Journey. I don't know if you've heard, oh. heard me go off on that. Oh, I'm so happy Sean walked away for a sec. Because <laughs> he's in the same boat as you. <laughs> oh, he is in the same boat. You, yeah. you don't like you don't like Journey either? Oh, no, you don't have to so, tell him. 
<laughs> push push up the game. Yeah, oh my goodness. And, and I'm I'm on the I'm in the camp as you. It's like I think that game is so overrated. I think it has some qualities to it, but I'm not going to give that game a one just because I didn't like it and because I felt let down. I'm still going to find things about it that were good. It's not a broken game. The game works. It does look pretty. Um, you know, the jump button works. <laughs> you know, I, mean? I don't know how it could not work. The up on my analog stick. My analog stick right. goes up. Oh, <laughs> it's an upcoming club game too. <laughs> but I think the same could be said for for giving lower review scores too. It's not fair to give something excruciatingly yeah. low score just because the experience wasn't what I wanted or wasn't a, a great experience for me. There are still things in that game that are redeeming and deserve some points. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, if a game is something that you think might interest you and you've looked at review scores and you're on the fence, you're not sure, you should you should still try it because they're just scores, you know, and what one person thinks is not the same as what you're going to think. And ultimately, mm. there are no bad games. Just some of them aren't for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> like sounds sound familiar. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we got to get going. We got to start cruising through some of this. Yeah, we are. Uh, we no, These shows normally run an hour. So if you're listening to this, we're at the hour mark. <laughs> we haven't done update yet or answers. Um, I'm sorry. I talk a lot. No, it's no, okay. No, no, it's, no, we knew it was going to run along with a guest, so that's that's fine. So we're going to go still, uh, into. I still have a news. I still have a news thing. Too. Do you really? Uh, just real quick, NES classics were restocked on Amazon. They had 150 in stock. What was it yesterday or the day before? A whole so 150. They're still coming. 150. <laughs> so they're still coming, but the rumor was that they stopped production. They they're can't be coming. coming. The internet told me they were canceled. Oh boy, moving on. <laughs> so yeah, keep your eyes open for NES classics. They're, they're you guys know coming. I bought six of them. Yeah, I, really? I wasn't going to mention it. Wasn't sure if you wanted me to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> not not all for me. I I bought uh, several, and whenever they came available, I got them because I wanted them. I wanted to get them for people that actually wanted them, right. <laughs> that didn't want to pay scalping prices. So I hooked up a couple of our listeners with them. Um, one of my students, I, I hooked his parents up with one so they could give him one. Um, I, I have two for myself, one to play and one to keep in the box for my collection, and then uh, the rest went to other people. So. But yeah, overall, I bought six of them. It's ironic that you bring that up because the 150 on Amazon said it was coming from a seller, and just the name was SLC, SLC Gaming, I think it was called. I'm not sure what that meant, but uh, I guess maybe maybe there's a connection there. I don't know. Well, I didn't upcharge anybody, though, so that's (laughs) (laughs) good. As long as it's face price, that's fine. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) All right, so Um, yeah, we'll get into updates. So let's talk about updates. So what's been happening in the club? First, I want to start with uh, the Sega 25. So anybody who's familiar, we recently did a CC100, the top 100 games of all time, as voted by the club. We're now doing a similar list for games uh, that were available on Sega consoles, or Sega hardware, I should say, because we're including arcade. The instructions for that are on the forums at www.cartridgeclub.org. We have three submissions in. The deadline for submissions for that is March 25th. So... uh, I imagine they'll start coming in faster. The the 100s all came in very close to the end. So all, all I got to do is the 25th of March. 25th, okay, thanks. So all you got to do is go uh, pick your top 25 Sega games of all time, throw them in the format uh, that is listed, because the program I use needs them to all be the same, and then send them to uh, to me at cartridgebros at gmail.com. Uh, very excited to do that. Uh, I, I think I only have like 18 games that I've ever played that were on Sega consoles. So wow, if you don't have 25... That's okay. <laughs> you can uh, send me a list of 10, send me a list of 3. You've only ever played Sonic with Knuckles? Then send me a list with Sonic and Knuckles. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how many people send in because I know a lot of people have been saying they're, they're having troubles filling up their 25. Uh, and, Eric, uh, uh, for sure, there'd be more. Eric and thought... Rocket Sauce have both sent me seven lists. I mean, they say that they're for other people in their house, but I'm pretty sure two of them for Rocket Sauce had his pets' names. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cheating yeah. the system. That's right. Yep. They're, those guys are big Sega fans, so uh, yeah, they were pretty yeah. excited. His dog loved Bubsy, right? Oh, huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the Cartridge Club app is officially live on iOS. What? Go there, go to the App Store, type in Cartridge Club, grab it. Um, if you're wondering what it does, it essentially gives you a notification uh, anytime a, a video, podcast, or blog is uploaded to the Cartridge Club site. It's a great way to stay in touch with all of the uh, the content that gets shared with the community. Um, and the I'm happy to announce that the Android version uh, is going to be sooner than initially expected, and it has already begun development. So it should be out nice. uh, in two months. I forget. Does this have summer. forum functionality yet? I can't. Uh, it does not have forum functionality yet. That'll be something I discuss with our developer after we get both apps up and running. Beautiful. And then Sounds it'll good. be trialed on iOS first because. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, that's what I have. <laughs> well, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. All right. Um. So, do you want to get into some club stuff now, like the uh, podcast, podcast yeah. maybe? Sure. Right. Let's do STC. All right. One thing I wanted to mention before we talk about STC too much, I don't like when they say they have pickups coming in their videos and they tease it and then they don't tell us what it is. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> but that's what that's what a teaser like is. Tease. I don't like teases. <laughs> the whole time I'm like, what is it? I need to know. Just tell me. It's funny. So, yeah. Um, uh, although and, and and Bill's code for what he bought. What was it? Mistal X-Blocks? Mistal X-Blocks, yeah. It rhymes yeah. with Mistal X-Blocks. I, I still don't think Joe knows what it was. <laughs> um, but I like that. I like it when you get code. I like code. Code's fine. Give me code for all the things you're buying. The big thing. Oh, it's killing me. If they it's don't tease me. it, you won't watch the video. If the video was out already and they were teasing it, that'd be fine. I could just go and look because I'm dying to know. But when I have to wait, I'm probably going to forget about it. And then I'm, I, next time they're going to say something else, I'm going to get mad. I'm going to want to watch it, and it won't be up again. You know what I'm saying? Mark, you were one of those kids that went and, like, like snuck peeks at your Christmas presents, weren't you? Never. Never looked once. I've, I've never, ever taken a peek at, uh, at Christmas gifts. Why don't you tell Scott about how you and Megan do your super secret Christmas gifts now? Oh, that's different. That's different. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't like to be teased, I guess. Um, if it was a tease for something that was already out, I'm, I'm down for getting it. But I'm dying to see what they pick up. They have Bill has the most interesting thrifting stories I've ever heard. And not knowing what he's getting kills me. Everything you're saying <laughs> is telling me that the tease is working. It's yeah. not. I'm, I'm going to forget about this until their next podcast. You know what and I mean? then when you hear it, you'll go to look at it and you'll see the one from the last week and you'll be so happy that you no, finally found I've, out. I've moved on. I've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to want to know what they got that week. I'm that's telling funny. you, that's that's just me. It's just me. They, they don't have to change the thing. This week, uh, <laughs> sure Bill... Working. He's getting us talking about it. <laughs> Bill had a big uh, discussion with one of the members at Value Village over whether or not they were going to get... Uh, they, I guess every $5 you get, you get a punch on this punch card up to a 30% <laughs> off card. And he was at uh, $19.75. And he asked the girl <laughs> at the counter, you know, you know, give me that extra punch. She was like, well, you're not at you know, $20 yet. 
He was like, ah, it's a quarter. Come on. It's, it's not going to be I'll give you the quarter, he said. I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was a pretty good story. Colleen, we're driving to work. Colleen loves this show. And she it's the only podcast she listens to is SDC. And on the drive into work, this this comes on, and we're we're on the highway, and she has both hands on the wheel and a death grip, and she's screaming so loud that she's spitting on the inside of the windshield, and she's like, "Why doesn't he just follow the rules? I don't understand. It's, he's got to spend twenty dollars. He didn't spend twenty dollars. He's got his kid there. Why doesn't he just buy his kid something?" That is so funny. Oh, she gets so heated over his value village also, stories. When he talks about meeting his nemesis, I also enjoyed that story yeah, too. Yeah, it's a good show. Definitely check out this week. SDC. Yeah. 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 Bonus you might want to wait till their pickup video comes out and then listen to it, and then uh, you'll probably enjoy it even more. <laughs> <laughs> How will I know when that pickup video comes up? Uh, you can probably use your app. Once you get oh, yeah, that's once right. You, I just call that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, I love that. You hate, do you hate teaser trailers too for movies then? I don't watch them. I don't watch teaser <laughs> <laughs> I watched the initial. If there's one initial teaser trailer, I'll watch it, and then that's it. I don't watch any more trailers until that movie's out. Oh. Yeah. So what if we teased you with information from Zelda? Uh, you already have. I'm dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> so why haven't you bought it yet? I'm, I'm totally curious. Just time. If I had more time right now, I'd, in April, I'm starting in April, I get a lot more free time, so I'm, I'm pretty much just waiting until then. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had time now, I would be all over it. Plus, I'm you broke. Had, <laughs> you had so much time. Like last March, I don't understand what changed. I had a child, in case you're wondering what uh, he's getting at. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's gotcha. nine months now. Yeah. Jesus, so now you have ahead. no time or money. Yeah, no time or money. <laughs> I wonder Sounds what happened nine like, months ago. Yeah, it's almost like kids ruin everything. They do not. All right. Everybody asks me why I don't have kids, and I'm like, I work, I'm a school teacher. I don't like to bring work home. <laughs> you got like, like 30 kids a day, yeah. That's awesome. I don't need kids. I've got all yours. They're bastards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I get, and I get them for six hours, and then I'm done with them for the rest yeah, of the day. That's right. I send yeah. them home. That's not a bad way to do it. <laughs> um, if they end up in jail, nobody barrel. calls me. Bonus Barrel, did your game... Oh, first off, before we get on too far, I want to thank or shout out to Julian because he sent us a lot of those news topics um, this week, too. So thanks, Julian, for sending yes. us news topics. If you guys have news topics, let us know. Um, bonus Barrel, did Child of Light... Did yeah. you listen to it? I did. You got mentioned show. a lot. I did. <laughs> Shelby uh, has solidified the fact that she is the next person of Bonus Barrel that I want to have on a podcast. I actually think she should be our next guest for weekly. We should have her, Jordan, and uh, Rose do an Atome game, and we'll call it a day. That's okay. We'll discuss that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she was on another podcast. Soon. Yeah, was she was. Yeah. So, That's cool. And she mentioned us, which I like. <laughs> yeah. Well, or the, the club, club, I mean. She mentioned the, the club. club. She doesn't mention us. That's the same thing. I'm me. sure she wasn't like that P1 and P2 or uh, they're solid guys. They're uh, they're very okay. friendly and polite. I'm pretty sure she mentioned the club. <laughs> that was part of her introduction. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. Hey, Shelby, uh, welcome you. to the show. I really like uh, Player 1 and Player 2. I'm, <laughs> I'm from Bonus Barrel. <laughs> um, something I wanted to mention. Seiji, really good at chess. He is so good at chess. Um, he's one of the hardest people to be bar none but for some reason rpg systems confuse him like he couldn't figure out that bar on child of light and i know he's smart enough for it i know he if he really wanted to he could figure it out but he said it was confusing him i'm wondering if it actually was or if he just wasn't interested (laughs) i wonder if he's actually good at chess or if he just built a program that he plays against you and it beats you (laughs) maybe maybe (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I was I was I was surprised by that. I thought it'd be right up his alley that because he likes Paper Mario, right? So yeah, that was a great great episode of uh, Bonus Bro. Medium Another Mavis. great episode. Uh, they did an episode with, uh, they had a special guest on, and they talked about Alien and Aliens. And it was great. Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton was not the guest. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Too soon. <laughs> they were going to, yeah, they had him lined up, and then uh, he was oh, unavailable at the last minute. My mistake. <laughs> Bill, my God. Oh. My notifications. Edit, edit yeah, all of right. it. It was a uh, scheduling conflict. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> Yeah, just edit that out. Yeah, Moving on. I'll leave it in. Get... No, it was a it was get... a great episode. Uh, they did a really good job. I love hearing their points of view on on movies because they always come at it from an angle that I wouldn't come at it from. So it's really good, really good listen. Yeah, that came out. So Media Mavens, check out Media Mavens. Check out Bonus Bro. Check out STC. Uh, new Retro Fandango with Retro. Nope, with Joe Goes Retro. Joe Goes uh, Retro. Yep. Check that out. They talk about uh, the Switch. They talk about Zelda. Talk about uh, beat em ups, and Ramvox has a, a very interesting PS2 story that he shares. Ooh. Uh, teaser. Teaser. <laughs> That's right. Let's see. Retro uh, Pixel so had a Mega Man 5 review. Oh, yes. I'm just flipping. I'm actually just looking through the app now. Musty Hobbit had a new video up. Two weeks in a row, he had a video. Good job, Musty. I guess that means we're due for a month of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like Just a low kidding. blow. <laughs> yeah, there was like, like a three-week period prior to that that he didn't post any videos. And every time I talked to him, he was like, man, I haven't put a video up in a while, and I think people are starting to notice. So Joe's going to call me out. Yeah, <laughs> now I make sure people notice. <laughs> Jesus. God love you. Yeah, Musty's a good fella. He is. Uh, lots of Switch unboxing videos in the club. And the Q-Dog hosts, they have not started Breath of the Wild yet because Melissa's too busy. Um, they're in for a fun time, I think, from what I've heard. I haven't finished this week's Gaming Outsider yet, so Scott, why don't you give us a quick breakdown of what you guys cover? Yeah. Well, this past week, we had a special guest on the show, and I'm trying to rack my brain to remember. It's been a busy week at work. Uh, we talked about Breath of the Wild, for sure, and, uh, since we had the, um, we all had our midnight launch experience with the Switch, or at least the three of us did, we decided to talk about past console releases and kind of told some stories about uh of, of what we did and and some of the, the fun things that happened in doing that it was it was a, it was a good time and uh cool. robbie also talked a lot about horizon zero dawn which he finished and uh it was, oh, it was a good nice. episode mm-hmm. congrats to robbie play horizon it's it's really good it was one of the it was the hardest thing for me to put down but i i you know got a zelda man got a zelda yeah. that's yeah. right I think last week uh, I had said that you guys had put up an episode about exclusives, but that was actually incorrect. It was uh, Game Burst who had put the, uh, the the episode up on exclusives. So oh, okay. for anybody who went trying to find the, the Gaming Outsiders episode on exclusives, I apologize. Also, on, on uh, The Hollywood Outsider, we did a fun topic where we took um, m- we took movie characters. We said, what movie characters would you want to put into a TV show to make it more interesting? Huh. It, was, it was kind of fun just to kind of like that mix it up. cool. It yeah. was it was it was a pretty fun topic. We had a lot of, a lot of good time there. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna check that out. And right. I think that's I won't it. tell you what they were. I'm gonna tease you. <laughs> oh boy! It's all right. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Tease away. Tease away. What? Uh, you got anything else for update, Mark? I'm sure I'm missing something. That's it. The only thing I'm missing right now is time. Yeah. That's okay. It. So 
let's roll into Spotlight, and then we'll do answers. All right. So Spotlight this week, uh, we're going to talk about Adam from Replayability. I wanted to mention Adam for two reasons. Uh, Number one, he bought a Switch on day one, and he has been live-tweeting his experiences with it. And it's... It's essentially where I get, like, the majority of my information on the Switch and everything that he's feeling, I wish I was feeling. So you should definitely follow him on Twitter, at Replayability. Lots of insight into the Switch and the HD Rumble. Uh, As well, Adam used to make videos. Uh, They used to do Let's Plays, and he recently released a video uh, a month ago about uh, five shmups nobody talks about. Um, So I want him to make more videos. So I think if you want him to make more videos... Follow him on Twitter and send him a, a tweet that just says, hey, Adam, make more videos. <laughs> yeah. Comment on his video, you know, watch his yeah. stuff. He's a great guy. We met him in person, too. Nice guy. Yeah. I don't care if anybody actually watches his stuff as long as I can watch more of his stuff. So if you could just entice him to make more for me to watch, I'd be okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, there. Check yeah. out uh, Replayability, which is Adam and a couple of his friends, too. So. They have some fun videos. I hope they don't stop. Yeah. Mark, uh, when I said, when I told Mark this is who I wanted to shout out, he was like, didn't we do him like two weeks ago? And I said, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely longer than that. He's due for another one. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if we in fact did, I don't even remember. All right. Okay. Um, answers. Answers. Do it. All right. So, uh, this is when so, we answer club questions. Exactly. So first up. Uh, Flock of Nerds says, when will the people hear the true story of what happened to Player 3 and Player 4? Hashtag the truth is out there. Hashtag P3 where are the hashtag P4 Eva. And, Haven't you guys uh, heard I'm officially a P3 now? That's... There <laughs> 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 we go. Sometimes <laughs> that. Yeah. And uh, we used to have a P4, but he uh, he didn't like Zelda, so now he's off the show. <laughs> um... I used to call my daughter P3. She still exists, but uh, she doesn't think uh, internet talking is cool. So, I mean, if <laughs> we had a Snapchat age, podcast, yes. she'd be all over that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, if you try and uncover any more hidden truths, I will end you. Next up, I just seen Bill's question. <laughs> oh yeah. So last week, Flock Talk every month gives away a game uh, if you use the hashtag Flock Talk. Uh, last month, I was the winner. Um, so that was nice. Uh, Bill wants to know, is the Flock Talk giveaway rigged? <laughs> and, uh, Bill, I want you to know that, uh, I am contractually obligated to not, uh, divulge any information about the rigging or non-rigging of any giveaways within the cartridge community. <laughs> what game did you get? Uh, it is Resident Evil Director's Cut for the nice. PS1. Yeah. Nice. Pretty excited. Uh, so, question from Retro Revolution. Uh, P1 and P2 are in an RPG. Who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? What game are you and why? Hmm. Let's have Scott answer that. I, I think <laughs> Mark is the good guy, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sean, you just kind of look like a mini boss, so I, I got it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> nice. Awesome. What was the third question in there? Who's who's good, who's uh, bad, and what else? What game is it? What game would it be? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> which game is it going to be? I don't know. It's got to be some some kind of RPG for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, no. You're not, you're not even a – I don't even think you're the bad guy, Sean. You're, you're like 
you're like the the wise sage that Mark goes and, and talks to, <laughs> to uh, to to get some kind of advice or something, and you just kind of sit on your throne. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's your sword. Right. <laughs> it's dangerous to it's go. An RPG for sure. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jared asked another question. Do you think that Musty's hair is the source of his power, um, mm. and is it the best in the club? He definitely has the best oh. hair in the club. This man uses more conditioner than all of the head shops across Canada, which is a, a hair salon. Um, and I would say it's definitely Just the source a, of his power. Head yeah. shops mean something here in the States. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they run all night. That's funny. Yeah. Um, he, um, Bill, and um, Julian used to have a lot of hair. I can't remember if he cut it off or not. Yeah, he got um, it trimmed up. All those guys he had to really change his appearance because the feds were looking for him. <laughs> maybe and they all have the biggest sex appeal i think in the club too those three so maybe there is something to this hair thing i don't know colleen said if uh if she got to meet joe that she would come to the barry game exchange wow so it's got to be one extreme right it's either yeah. bald or super long that's yeah. how you get that's how you get the ladies all right <laughs> um question from pam what is your favorite video game movie it's kind of uh oh good that we have children for this Advent Children. Oh, sorry. Okay. You're the one that liked it? Or can you say? <laughs> oh. Dude, you didn't like Advent Children? Wait, first, do you like Final Fantasy VII? I love Final Fantasy VII, and I could not tell you anything that happened in Advent Children. I, I actually it bought it on Blu-ray. It looks so good. Oh, it looks good, but it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I know. I know that. I think I think Kingsglaive was fantastic. So that would yes. probably be my favorite, but uh, it's kind of the easy answer because it's brand new. I actually really like the Silent Hill movie. <clears throat> yeah. And mostly because they, they actually stayed very close to the original property those opening scenes when she's walking through the hallways was like the opening scene from the game it was awesome yeah that's true that's a good point yeah that those silent hill the, the first one especially is quite good i never mm-hmm. seen the uh, second one i also like kingsglaive uh i'm a big fan i i really enjoyed the prince of persia movie uh with uh, jake gyllenhaal but i, I think mm. my favorite video game movie is gonna have to be uh resident evil uh the first one and the second one as well with uh, Mila Jovovich, I realize they are almost zero similarity to the games, but they're fun, turn your brain off action movies mm. with uh, yes. properties that I like. Now, can I count? Can I count the Wizard? Because I love that movie. I don't care how cheesy '80s that is. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. It's so bad. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Resident <laughs> Evil. Resident Evil actually has some CG animated movies too, which are so true to the games, mm-hmm. and they're really good. So if you haven't seen them yet, Pam or anybody, check those oaks. They're really good. Um, uh, yeah. Did you? Uh, there, was, there was one. Was oh that? yeah, Mario Brothers, right? Oh yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that's that's, that's uh, up there. That's, that's just a contender. That's just <laughs> right, right next to Doom. Yeah, there was a. Oh, I had a question. Street Fighter. That I think we missed. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, Mortal Kombat was good too. I mean, there there are other good ones. It's yeah, just... Mortal Kombat was good. Yeah. Yeah, Shelby, Shelby asks from uh, Bonus Barrel. She says broccoli, cauliflower, both. Or none at all. Now, if you click on that and you see the replies, Musty yeah. has a really interesting point. <laughs> yeah, so Musty Hobbit is an actual biochemist, and he has stated that they are identical genetically. That they are the same thing. <laughs> the same. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't it's almost that. like That's when people argue about the PS4 and Xbox One, because they're also the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brussels sprouts too, also in the same family. Or screw Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm on board with that. I, they look like little alien brains, and they stink. 
I've had so many people try to convince me that Brussels sprouts were awesome. Well, you got to cook them right. No, they still taste like ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Our father used to love them. He would boil like a big pot of them and then mash them into a green sludge and add a ton of butter and salt and then sit there Ugh. and eat them and be like, do you want some of this? And like, no, I don't want food ever again. That's yeah. I'm not even sure what's happening right now. <laughs> I'm on board with both. I, I love cauliflower and uh, broccoli. Yeah. My my wife actually is kind of a health nut, so sometimes what she'll do instead of making mashed potatoes, because you know mashed potatoes are, potatoes are supposed to be really bad for you, is she'll actually like mash up cauliflower with with different ingredients to kind of make like a mashed potato alternative, and oh. it's fantastic. It's really really good. So I heard you could do things like that with cauliflower. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm broccoli. I'm a broccoli guy. I guess. I I pref- if if I had to choose one or the other, I would choose broccoli, but I do enjoy both. Um, yep, I'm with you. Same here. Broccoli for me is a lot of fun because I pretend I'm a giant and that I'm eating little trees. <laughs> All right, moving on. Did you put that put that in your video game where you're the villain? You just eat, pick up trees and eat them. Yes, like, like your thing. <laughs> they are off and eat. Like the rock biter, Mark, uh, but with trees. Yeah. Mark, let me give you some advice. <laughs> I love just it. Not on a tree. Uh, next up, Stephen asks. Uh, when's the Cartridge Club Breath of the Wild episode? Uh, I guess part one was today. And yeah. uh, we do want to... Rocket Sauce has talked to me about uh, doing like a full spoiler episode at some oh. point when we've all beaten it. I have informed him that I will need at least a month, maybe more, to get to that point. So Let me know. I'd love to, I'd love to help you out with that too, man. I'm perfect. about halfway through, so... Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's two for sure. Um, so I guess, uh, Stephen, what I'm saying is we're definitely going to have one. Stay tuned for when. You could call this a teaser. <laughs> Stay tuned. Teasing uh, next, the tease. That's right. Teasing. I'm, I'm going to announce the announcement. <laughs> Get worse and worse. My God. <laughs> next from Diego Avila. He asks, which Melda title do you think will generate the most Switch sales in 2017? So Scott. Which non, um, wasn't it? Yeah, non-Melda. Sorry. Yeah, which non-Melda title? Um, no Mario, no Zelda. For anybody who's not sure, Melda is a term that uh, a local guy here coined. That it's uh, when any anytime he he owns a, a game shop, and anytime anybody comes in looking for a game, all they want is Mario and Zelda. So he has started calling them Melda games um, yeah. because it's all every phone call he gets, any customer who comes in, ninety to eight percent of the time it's Hey, do you have Mario three? Hey, do you have Mario sixty four? Hey, do you have Zelda? That's it. So he calls them Melda games. So which non-Melda title will generate the most Switch sales in 2017? That is a tough question. I think the easy answer is Splatoon, just because I, people are familiar with it. Yeah, but and I can't think of anything else. I don't think Xenoblade's mm-hmm. going to push units. I think no. it will sell well for the units that are already out there, but I don't think it's a system seller. Mm-hmm. Um, Splatoon, I think... Spectre. I'll go with Spectre Knight, or Spectre of Torment, I mean... Yeah, it's already out. It is, I guess it's already pe- going to win. Then people bought That's two million switches for Spectre of Torment on launch. Right. <laughs> I just don't think there's anything else. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I think Arms well, has potential. Yeah, maybe. I don't think that'll sell as much. I, I think <laughs> I, I, the the way that they they positioned that video at the at the uh, press conference when they first showed that it made that game seem super goofy. I yeah. think that game looks a lot better. After with the previous videos that came after it than it did in that initial thing because it looked super it looked dumb the first yeah. time they yeah. showed that 
Yeah, but. that's true. When I first saw it, and the same with One Two Switch, when I first saw both of those, I was like a hard pass. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Splatoon I think has to be the only answer because I couldn't tell you another. You know, there I don't think Skyrim is going to sell systems. One Two Switch will probably sell as well, especially if if that's a big if. Uh, they'd, they'd drop that price because fifty bucks is yeah. steep for that game. But yeah. or or put a bundle of some sort. They should have done that right from the start. I think one oh, well. two switch is similar to Xenoblade. People who own the switch will buy that game because it's fun. I don't think people will buy the switch to play that game. Right. Not like they're gonna buy it to play Zelda. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, think, I think Splatoon is the only the only answer for 2017. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, second last question from Matt Bandy. What is it about Canada that produces so many great comedic actors? Candy, Myers, Carrie, Aykroyd, etc. Justin Bieber? He is quite funny. <laughs> that's comedic. He's a, comedic he's a joke, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess Canada just had to have a good sense of humor because nobody really takes us seriously. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, Canadians are kind of stereotypically nice, right? I mean, if you ever watch anything about Canada, you guys are just very friendly. I I visited Vancouver um, uh, last summer, I believe, with my wife, and uh, just just people are just overall just more friendly. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of become a joke that like you guys apologize more than anybody else. You know, oh sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, and sorry I think that <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry for apologizing. Um, so I don't know. I think. Sometimes that that uh, jovial attitude comes through in in comedic comedy as well. So, oh, there you yeah. go. Scott might have nailed it. There we go. We gotta have more uh, movie buffs on for these movie questions. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and the last question of the episode from Musty Hobbit: What is your favorite Saturday morning cartoons? Like current or from back in the day? I'm gonna say back in the day. Back in the day, because currently it would have to be. I'm a grown man. I don't watch cartoons. <laughs> no, we play video games. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we're grown men now. <laughs> like an adult. That's right. I mean, unless you're talking about Voltron. I watch Voltron still. Uh, isn't there like a new Voltron series on, on Netflix now? Yeah, it's decent. There's I think John seasons. from our, yeah, likes it a lot. So, man, think, that's uh, that's tough. I'm gonna, I'm you're going to laugh with... tell you what my favorite was as a kid. Oh, Mine, uh, mine's probably there's an old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon that used to be on Saturday mornings. Oh, that show was. It was not about good. these people that used to play Dungeons and Dragons, and they got sucked into the world. Um, and I think that's my favorite. Tia Matt's like the main bad guy. Yeah, I'm gonna say Dungeons and Dragons. All right. I'm trying to think. I know I was a big Turtles and Ghostbusters fan, but I don't remember them that well. I think I was really young then. I remember Beasties or Beast Wars. I don't remember which is called in which country. Um, that would probably be the one I remember waking up to watch most. I mean, I think it switched to Thursday evenings at some point. But anyway, I'll go with that. I'm surprised right. neither of you said the Captain N, the Game Master. That that was, uh, man, no. <laughs> I adored that show as a kid. It's awful now, but man, that show was yeah. great when I was a kid. That I was fun. It was a lot of fun. I don't think I was aware that it was on when it was originally on. I mm -hmm. think I missed it. I missed the boat on that. I Mega think. Man sounds like a, a construction worker who smoked for 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Simon Belmont was like this, like conceited, oh, yeah. concerned about his hair and all that, yeah. and and Pitt was like had the super high pitched voice. It was, yeah. didn't make any sense, but or 
The, the one that I remember distinctly, though, and you're going to laugh at me, I don't know why, but this sticks out in my head more than any other Saturday morning cartoon, was Muppet Babies. Nice. <laughs> I remember Muppet right. Babies. We're going to sing about Scott Muppet Babies now. when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one. That was the one. I remember specifically when I was a kid, I got in trouble on something for something on, on Friday night, and I was real young, and my mom said, you have a choice. You can either get a big fat spanking or you can not watch cartoons in the morning. And I chose a big fat spanking because I didn't want to miss yeah. Muppet Babies. <laughs> That's so. Did funny. you have the McDonald's would... toys? Because there was McDonald's uh, packed in the Happy Meals. You get like it was like Smurfs, but they were the, the Muppet Babies. And they all came with little vehicles, little cars, and trikes and stuff. I didn't, I didn't have those, but I I actually collected as a kid all of the Hot Wheels cars from the Happy Meals. Because as a kid, all my friends collected baseball cards and football cards, and I did some of that. But I collected um, Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars. So. Cool. I still have my entire collection. I got them all still in the original wrapping. Didn't open them up. You know how hard what? that is to do as a kid? Wow, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah, it's <laughs> dedication. I don't know if they're worth anything. Probably not. But I'm an, I'm I got an adult. You can't keep things closed. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's the show. So before we uh, go anywhere, I want to have uh, Scott... Let us know where people can find him, and more importantly, where they can find the uh, the Go and Ho podcasts. All right. Well, the Gaming Outsider can be found at uh, thegamingoutsider.com, the Hollywood Outsider, thehollywoodoutsider.com. We also have uh, a couple Twitter handles. The Twitter for the Go is the GoCast, and the Twitter for the Hollywood Outsider is at Buy Popcorn. That's kind of our tagline at the end of the show. And uh, I've also got a personal Twitter, which is Scotty Lindsay. That's Scotty with an I E, Lindsay with an A Y. And uh, we've got uh, all of our podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, uh, pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can, you can find us. So give us a listen and uh, join our community. And, uh, uh, you know, we need to get some community game nights and stuff together again, too, because that's a lot of fun. But um, got a great community. I'm really proud of uh, everybody that's over there for, for keeping it real. Yeah, awesome. I highly, highly recommend. It's one of the best shows that I listen to. Uh, super Thanks, professional sounding, super well put together. And... Even when I don't agree with the things that Zach is saying, um, <laughs> I never feel I never feel like anybody's being talked down to on the show. You know what I mean? I always feel like it's a good, open, friendly discussion, and that's that's one of the best things. That's a big part of it. And, and you met, you alluded to earlier our our end line is there's no such thing as a bad game, just games that aren't for you. And a lot of people scoff at that. We actually get a lot of crap for that, believe it or not, because really? we we don't really mean it. Literally, we understand, you know, we've played Super Mar or we've played um, Superman 64. You know, we, we yeah. get that there's games that just that aren't a whole lot of fun to play. But uh, mm -hmm. we just kind of take this mentality that, hey, this game isn't great for me, but it might be great for somebody else. And we respect that. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Scott. This was a lot of fun. Uh, well, thanks for having so me, man. Anytime. I, I appreciate it. I feel like an honored honored here because i'm the first one to be on your weekly show it's great You're number, yeah. yeah and depending on the turn you know if, if everybody's like ooh, hour 45 that's way too long you might be the last oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out we'll iron it out if yeah. it's the case i'm really sorry <laughs> no, no, it's great. It's no, i'm really glad you're here and we're definitely going to have you on uh i'll touch i'll touch base with rocket sauce but i definitely want to have you on for that zelda uh spoiler cast because that's i think that's a great idea sounds good I want to thank the listeners. If you are listening to this episode, uh, you can head to www.cartridgeclub.org. We can check out this and other great podcast videos and blogs from our community, such as Musty Hobbit, Retro Pixel, and The Gaming Pilgrimage. 
If you're already a member of the Cartridge Club, you can head to www.patreon.com slash cartridge club where you can donate as much or as little as you like, and each cent donated uh, goes directly to improving the community for everyone. I'm Player One. I'm Player Two. And I'm Scotty Lindsay. CC Unite. <laughs>